when I was growing up, um, I have one older sister. Um, and when I was growing up, we used to fight like cats and dogs. Um, it was, it was kind of epic what would happen in our house, the way in which we would fight. Um, usually something would be thrown at somebody. She usually had to stoop to that level because she was much weaker than me and, and, and couldn't win with the argument or just like in like the fist fighting, right? Um, but it, it was, we would constantly go back and forth. Um, when I was younger, especially because I was smaller than her, weaker than her, six years younger than her, um, she definitely just kind of terrorized me. And then at one point, I realized that I was bigger than her and stronger than her. So I just started to throw her around. Um, but the one place that we always had a level play in field, the one place that it didn't matter about size, it didn't matter about intelligence, because I was much smarter, smarter than her and bigger than her, um, better looking, you know, all the things. Um, but the one place that it did not matter um, were playing video games. As kids, we would play video games against each other, um, especially in Super Mario Brothers 3. There's like the way you can like battle each other. Oh, we did that all the time, and it was constant, and we would go back and forth against each other, right? This is way before PlayStation and PlayStation 5 or 8 or whatever number they're on, or Xbox, whatever it is now, 540 or whatever. Like, it was way before all of that. I'm talking old school gray Nintendo, right? Like one of the first ones, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Like this is like the original home video game, not Atari. We're not that old, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so we would play this and we would go back and forth constantly. If I insulted anybody with like the old comment, I'm really sorry. Um, let me, anyway. Um, so we would play this and we would go back and forth. And the thing was, I, as a, I was all, most of the time, for most of my life, I was better at her at video games. It was better than her at video games. So we would go back and forth, and this was the place that it didn't matter how old I was, I was just better. So I would beat her, and she would get frustrated. And when we were playing, we would start to talk trash. And because I was winning most of the time, I would talk trash to her, and she would get aggravated. So my sister would pop up, and I would wince because I think she's about to slap me. And then she would walk over to the TV right before the game is over, and she'd hit the reset button. And as she would hit the reset button, she would look at me and go, now what? Game didn't finish, you didn't win. And I'd cry and go yell, man, mom, you know, all this stuff. But it was always like this, it was the battle, the fight would go on, and the reset button was like the, the weakling's way out, right? Like that was like the cheap way out. You go hit the reset button, and then you can look at the person and say, you didn't beat me. And that was, you know, she had a little head wag and mm-hmm, like a little attitude. She doesn't have that anymore, don't worry. Um, no, so, I, I, but I remember this, that, that reset button would happen pretty regularly. And what it would do, it would just restart the game as if nothing happened. And we can erase everything that went on. We can erase all the accomplishments that had been, that had, all, the, all, the, um, all the progress we had made in the game. And it was just a way to just kind of reset. Exactly what the button says, right? And we restart. And it's as if nothing ever happened. Today in our gospel, Jesus, uh, Peter, whether we realize it or not, is looking for a reset button. Because if we see where he's been, if we see what's going on, the context of today's gospel, we're talking about after the resurrection. 
Now, Peter is one of the first people to see the empty tomb, right? We hear that Mary Magdalene, the morning after, morning after on, on Easter morning, goes. She opens up, the, the tomb is open. She sees that the body of Jesus is gone. She runs back. John and Peter, they're the first two apostles that get to the, get to the tomb, and they see that it's empty. Peter then sees Jesus come in. Whenever he, he shows up and he, he says, peace be with you. And then he sees him again whenever he comes to prove his resurrection to Thomas. Repeatedly, Peter has seen him over and over and over now resurrected. That Jesus made good on the promise that he said. That the Son of Man would be raised up, he would die, and then he would resurrect on the third day. That he would defeat death on the third day. So Peter was one of the major witnesses to this. And after all of the excitement kind of died down, we get to today's gospel. And in today's gospel, Peter is sitting around with six other apostles. And he says a phrase that we might not understand the significance of. He says, I'm going fishing. Now, guys are probably like, well, yeah, you've got six of us kind of sitting around. Let's go fishing. That'll be good. But for him, for Peter, you've got to remember, where was Peter whenever Jesus showed up and called him? Where was he whenever Simon, the fisherman, where was he? He was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He had just finished a long night of working, and Jesus injected himself into his life. And they went out for a catch, and the boats were almost sinking when they came in. And Jesus said, follow me. And Simon left his nets and followed him. So now when Peter says, I'm going fishing, it's a reset. And let me just rewind the clock three years and go right back to those nets that I left. Like everything over the last three years. It, oh yeah, it's been great. I got to know this guy named Jesus and he said a lot of awesome words and he did a lot of awesome miracles and, and I followed him and I saw great things and he even said some things to me that really were impactful and really powerful like you're the rock that I'm going to build my church on and all these kind of things. But then I watched him die and I, that was really hard and I denied him three times and I kind of went into hiding. And then what happens? He's resurrected and the tomb is empty and it's his last miracle. And wow, this is amazing. But the excitement kind of dies down. Reset. I'm going to just go back to my nets. All of that's great. All the, all the things that Jesus did, all the ways in which all, uh, he worked, all the words that he preached, those things were all wonderful and beautiful and great. But now it's time to get back to work. It's kind of time to, to just get back to my old way of life. Reset. Our relationship with God is exactly that. It's a relationship. There's no reset. There's no point of pushing a button and just, let's just go back to where we were before. 
Our parish community over the last two, three months, we've had a lot of beautiful things that are going on. We had, we had an amazing, beautiful Lent. We had a beautiful Triduum. We had these, these days and weeks that since Easter that we've been able to kind of enjoy the graces of the Easter season. But honestly, I think about this time when we're in the Easter season, it gets kind of boring. And we can easily question, well, what, what the last couple of months, were those real? Look, that, that was all good and stuff with like the classes and the homily series and all those kind of things. That was all really good. Father and I enjoyed it. But now it's time to get back to normal. Reset. It's time to get back to like you need to get us out of church in an hour, right? Reset. It's really easy, I think, sometimes for us to look at our relationship with God as a video game more than our relationship with God as actually being in relationship with a person. Where we want to make progress and we want to do the certain things and we want to get a certain amount of coins or a certain amount of merits or, or whatever it is. And we're going to keep building up these levels. And if I don't quite get there, it's okay because I can always just hit reset and start back. But that's not how God operates. Because today, Jesus Christ wants to be a person. He wants a relationship, not a reset. He wants a relationship with each person in this church today. He wants a relationship with each person out there today. He wants a relationship with you and I that is much, much bigger than just a period of time where we focus on him, and then we got to get back to normal, and he can get back in his rightful place as an afterthought. There's no reset. There's no resetting back to normal or back to the beginning or being frustrated and hitting a reset button. Father, like, that sounds great, but I have sin. <laughs> Like, I struggle with certain things. I struggle with certain teachings of the church. I struggle with certain sin in my life. I struggle with certain, like, the priorities of my life I've kind of built upon. Like, it's really hard for me to just kind of uproot and flip things over and start making mass a priority or start making confession a priority or start getting myself back to this or that. Like, it's really hard to keep up those disciplines that we started in Lent. Father, I, I get what you're saying, but it's a little bit much. And I'm, I'm probably going to fall short. Well, that's the beautiful part about it being St. Peter that we're talking about today. Because there are very few people that have messed up more than Peter. There are very few people that Jesus had close to him that messed up more than Peter. Like Peter and Judas are basically, they make the same sin. They both deny Jesus. Judas does and profits from it and doesn't look for reconciliation. Peter, on the other hand, falls short and denies him three times. But Jesus looks to him today. And for three denials, he asks him three times, do you love me? And each time he says yes. Some scripture scholars would say to undo each of the denials. But a note about the scripture today, a note about that love. 
In the, in the Greek language, there are multiple words that they use for the word love. They have one that's a love of like things, like I love chocolate. I love, I, I love my video games. I love my, my car, right? There's a, there's a thing kind of love. Then there's another kind of love that's a brotherly kind of love, philios. That's where the word Philadelphia comes from, Phil, city of brotherly love, right? Like philios, there's a brotherly love. Then there's a romantic love or eros. And then there's a God love. And that's called agape. Well, when Jesus is talking to Peter, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me with God love? Agape. And Peter's response is, I love you as a brother. And Jesus says, do you love me? Agape. He says it a second time. And Peter says, I love you as a brother. And then Jesus says, Peter, do you love me as a brother? And we hear in Scripture that Peter is distressed and he responds, yes, Lord, I love you as a brother. Now, we might wonder why, why, why is that important? Because if we hear the end of today's gospel, the end of the gospel that was just proclaimed, Jesus says, I'm going to come, me, as God, I'm going to come and meet you where you are right now. But one day, you'll love me with God love. One day, you're going to love me to the point of laying your life down for me. God is willing to meet us exactly where we are. So if right now your life has been uh, unbelievable and beautiful and you haven't sinned since Lent, congratulations, you're much better than me, right? Like if, you, if, if like Lent was life-changing for you and Easter just like built on that and you've been praying and you've been fasting and all of these beautiful things have been just happening in your life over these last couple of weeks, amazing. And God wants to meet you where you are. If this is your first time in a Catholic church in 10 years, God wants to meet you where you are. Because Jesus looks at us and offers the exact same words that he did to St. Peter. Do you love me? And if we say yes, we want to live a yes. If not, it'll look very simple. It'll look very similar to just hitting a reset button. And I'll just go back to normal. I want to walk out of church today. Today we come to receive the Eucharist, that Jesus Christ steps down to meet us. As we receive him, are we receiving him into a deeper relationship? Or is it just going to lead us to a reset? God's inviting all of us into a deeper relationship with him. God is invested and wants to be a part of your life and mine today. May it not just be a reset. Where we go back to what's normal, what's back to what we know, back to what's comfortable. But instead, may this relationship take hold of our life and bring us into deeper relationship with him.